Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross, at Managing Editor, Fightful.com, FightfulMMA.com. We are here on the Pro Wrestling Channel for UFC Denver wrap-up. Haven't moved the podcast over to the new MMA and Boxing Channel yet, but they are going to go there. Don't have a uh, set date for that yet, but they, they will be going over there eventually. But we do have our interviews. We do have uh, several other podcasts. We do have news updates. We do have social media posts. Lots of stuff. Interview clips over there on the new MMA and Boxing YouTube channel. Do us a solid. Link is in the description below. And then uh, subscribe to the new channel. You'll be automatically registered to win a signed Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture photo ahead of Chuck Liddell's MMA return later this month. We got UFC Denver to talk about. This will be a bit of an abbreviated show. It is just me. Let's go ahead and break it down. We're going to build up to the main event, what all of you are here to talk about. One of the all-time great KOs. It was unbelievable. I will uh, show you all a gif of the KO as well. It was unlike anything I have seen. Started with the prelims. Mark De La Rosa hangs on to beat Joby Sanchez. Not a great fight. I will have my recommendations. The watch, don't watch up in the morning. Uh, Joby Sanchez, he's been given a lot of chances. Been given a lot of opportunities. From the first UFC run to Dana White's Contender Series to this UFC run. And if you're either one of these guys, you have to worry about losing because you're flyweights that just bump up to bantamweight and they want to get rid of the bantamweight division. They want to get rid of the flyweight division, rather. So, uh, (laughs) Mark De La Rosa hangs on. Probably a good thing because his next fight will be... At Bantamweight, it's good that he got this look there. He got the feel of it here, but he's probably going to face a real Bantamweight next time unless they throw him in there with another flyweight. Eric Shelton keeps flyweight alive over Joseph Morales, though. Same with Eric Shelton. Uh, He won, so he's probably hanging around. Joseph Morales probably isn't. Shelton will get his shot at Bantamweight. Not sure who scored this fight for Morales, but they're dumb. Literally all media and fan scores had it for Shelton. Uh, The final scorecards don't really tell the tale of this fight. This is also about as insignificant a fight as you can get in in the UFC in one of these shows, a division that will not exist soon, and a couple of fighters that are not relevant to those divisions already. Devonta Smith, he starts Julian Erosa in 46 seconds. He got a big pop when it was announced that he was from Denver. He just steps in quick and obliterates Erosa. This probably could have been stopped a little bit earlier. 
uh, by both the ref and Smith. Smith really hammered things down. Uh, it's like, how can you make sure that a contender series product wins their fight? Well, you match them up. And that's what they did here. Not a bad idea. At least then one of them gets to win. Uh, Devonta Smith wants to face Ross Pearson. I think it's a pretty good idea. I recommend watching this fight. Davi Ramos defeated John Gunther via submission round one. Despite their records, this was a mismatch. And it's something that James Lynch spoke about on the Fightful MMA podcast. Check it out every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. We are joined by Showdown Joe and uh, James Lynch. James Lynch, an incredible MMA insider, talks to dozens of fighters a month. Showdown Joe is Ryzen's play-by-play commentator. He's a certified ref and judge. He had the Mayweather news before anybody. He knew this was a farce. But this is even sadder when you you find out or you know that Gunther lives in his car and sleeps on the hotel room floor because that makes him more comfortable. Gunther never had a chance. He's dragged down and strangled. It's his first pro loss. Bobby Moffitt sort of submits Chas Skelly. So there are some really good exchanges on the feet early on. Moffitt has a nice slam. Skelly did really well to use the cage to try to sweep and escape. It's always cool to see that. Vinny Fernando says, why is John Gunther still in the UFC? I'm confused. Why wouldn't he be in the UFC? This was his first loss in the UFC. He won on the Ultimate Fighter finale in July. What am I missing? About, I mean, I don't get it. He, he's one and one in the UFC. Why should he not be in the UFC based on that? So the Skelly fight, <laughs> a Dars is applied by Moffitt, and Skelly was not out very clearly. Well, after the submission is let out, uh, not out. He was wheeling his body around to alleviate the or uh, relieve the pressure. Skelly was probably going to go out, but he wasn't out is the thing. The referee here has the benefit of replay. And it's not a very good sign when the referee, while he, as he sits down to watch the replay, is defending his decision to somebody. That's not a good sign. That's ignorant. That's dumb. It defeats the purpose of replay. He had his mind made up before he watched the replay because he was sitting there trying to reaffirm his decision. Sitting there telling a commission member who's explaining to him, hey, man, listen. If you fuck this up, there's a chance for you to at least halfway fix it. But the referee's like, nah, dog, here's what I saw. And the the commission member is like, hey, hold on. Here's a chance for you to see it again from a different angle, from one that maybe you didn't have the benefit of having prior. Furthermore, not only was that wrong, they ruled it a TKO. How is That's not what a TKO is. That's a technical submission as specified by Big John McCarthy on Twitter. We'll have Showdown Joe talk about this. As I mentioned, he's a certified ref and judge. Ben Henderson uh, was in Moffitt's corner. He is on a roll, technically, as a, ju- as a, a corner man. Solid fight anyway, but the good juicy controversy makes it a must-watch. <clears throat> man, Ashley Yoder got gifted a win over Amanda Cooper. Amanda Cooper, I thought, controlled... Almost every aspect of this fight, even though it was a 29-28, she still controlled most of the areas of the fight. 
And her record is really deceiving. Her losses are to Mackenzie Dern, Calvillo, Tatiana Suarez, Aspen Ladd, this one robbery. She's got three wins that aren't counted on tough. She's four and one as an Ami. Over it all, she should be about eleven and five right now, as opposed to as opposed to the three and five that she will be. Or she's yeah, th- that she is right now. It's it's kind of weird. And Yoder saved her job with this gifted decision. <clears throat> and I'm hoping Cooper doesn't lose hers for that. This don't give this lame decision uh, the time of day if you're if you're going back and rewatching this card. This was a bad decision, and this plays into the main event and a talking point that came up in our live chat a little bit later. Amanda Cooper deserved this win, and it's a shame that she didn't get it, man. Because there's a good chance that she ends up getting cut off of this loss, and that's not that's not a great thing. She's now three and four in the UFC. She she or three and four total. She's lost three of her last four fights. She's had a rough go of it. Two and four in the UFC. They should give her another shot. Mike Trezano splits Luis Pena. Both guys had their moments. Some nice grappling exchanges. Pena says seems really anxious and green, but not like a terrible type of green. More like a a raw potential sort of green. Uh, Pena does himself a disservice by telegraphing a lot of his punches, especially at his range. It negates a lot of what he has. Another lame scorecard, like Trezano won, but he did not win 30-27. There was one definite round for Pena. Uh, Jordan Breen on Twitter had a fantastic tweet that is worth visiting. He said, quote, Regardless of outcome here, I'll say this regarding Trezano. Considering a decade ago, MMA folks laughed and called Tyler Shulman's a karate dojo, but TSK guys are almost universally smart, well-trained, and well-rounded wrestleboxers, which debunks that long-running re- myth, end quote. He is one of the great MMA analysts in the business. Macy Barber cuts up Hannah Seifers. Now, <clears throat> Macy Barber is a highly touted prospect. 20 years old, UFC thinks a lot of her. They wanted to keep her on this show. It was important to them that Macy Barber remain on this show even though her original opponent uh, fell out. I mean, she is a Colorado native, so that makes sense, but she was supposed to face Maya Stevenson, and she was probably going to beat the brakes off of Maya Stevenson. She faces what I think is a much tougher opponent in Hannah Seifers, who we spoke to on Fightful.com, James Lynch did. Just look at the guns on that woman. Jesus Christ just steps in there at, at uh, seven and two, more experienced than Macy Barber even. And uh, this was this was a good fight. Barber's chin was straight up in the air, but she still landed strikes. Seifers just takes some of them. It's kind of impressive because these are really clean shots. I thought Seifer <clears throat> has some power, uh, or Seifers has some power, but uh, Barber works to push forward and get Seifers to the ground. And Barber's use of elbows from the top was fantastic. That is a velocity and a type of power you don't see a lot at straw weight. This is the type of impression to make at 20 years old uh, as a straw weight and coming out of Dana White's Contender Series. All four of your pro fights in LFA, man. A year and a half ago, she wasn't even a pro fighter. 
Last year, she was competing as an amateur. This is almost, uh, I believe, a Calvillo situation, but a little more extreme because this is a 20-year-old, a 20-year-old man. Whew. I mean, she was, she was literally 18 right before she got signed, or she just turned 18, rather. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Macy Barber wants Mackenzie Dern. I think that would be a good fight to make, but I don't think they let her anywhere near Mackenzie Dern, and I don't think Mackenzie Dern should be fighting at 115 anyway. Vinny Fernando in the chat, I'm with you. They're not letting Barber anywhere near Dern. They're not going to risk somebody who wants to face Dern at that weight and will take the fight no matter what. They're not risking that. Barber is a top prospect, though. Seifers could develop into something good, too. I would, I would recommend this fight. <clears throat> Benil Dariush controls Tiago Moises on his way to a unanimous decision victory. You know, I thought they were showing a UFC one clip when I saw this fight because Moises or Moises pulled guard twice in 2018. They were showing clips and using the old graphics and song or not songs. Well, some some sounds. And signage and stuff from the original UFC days, which I thought was a great touch. A great touch. Also, you had Art Jimerson in the crowd with his novelty-sized one glove. So cool. Uh, Benil Darius got out of a couple of guillotines, takedowns, mo- takes down Moises, and finishes with some ground and pound uh, in the round. This was <clears throat> Benil Darius doing what he had to do to survive, man. That's really all it was because he needed a win. It hasn't been that long since he's gotten a win. He won in November 2016, so a couple years ago. But he lost to Barboza. He went to a majority decision draw against uh, Evan Dunham. And then that last-minute replacement or the late replacement, Alexander Hernandez knocked him out quick earlier this year, made his name. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Aim off of off of Dariush, and Dariush is supposed to fight Chris Grutzmacher. And Chris Grutzmacher got hurt, and Moises took this on a couple weeks' notice, and he Dariush was not about to play the same game and get hurt again and lose his job and end up in PFL on account of Moises making his name. That wasn't going to happen. I mean, he's a contender series guy, Moises is, but you got to think that USC wants to keep Dariush in, in that new generation of Diego Sanchez, Joe Lozon, Jim Miller, Michael Johnson class of – Oh shit, I don't know, maybe he'll win. <laughs> you know, any of those guys could beat any other one of those guys on any given night. And I, I would put Benil Dariush in that category. A lot of people forget Dariush has beaten Michael Johnson. He's beaten James Vick. He's beaten Rashid Magomedov. He's beaten Crookshank, who's doing very well for himself now. He's beaten Jim Miller. He beat Charlie Brenneman back in the day. I mean, granted, at that point, beating Charlie Brenneman didn't necessarily mean what it does now or what it did before, but he did. It was it was Brendan coming off of a nice career resurgence, essentially. 
Do not watch this fight. You got a couple 30-25 cards here. Number five, Jermaine Durandamy put me and all of you to sleep against number four, Raquel Pennington. The irony is, in addition to UFC's 25th anniversary, this is the 25th anniversary of the last time Durandamy ever fought. This, uh, <laughs> this was her first fight since winning the UFC featherweight title last year and vacating it. Pennington hasn't fought since her title fight and didn't fight for a while before that. She looked like a woman who hadn't fought in quite a while, too. This was not a good performance. Pennington didn't look good physically. She missed weight. Pennington pushes Jermaine Durand to me against the cage, but when the tides turn, that's not where you want to be. That's dangerous territory to be up against the cage in a clinch with Durandamy. This was the most relevant fight of the show from a ranking standpoint and one of the most boring fights as well. Pennington scores a right in the second, but never puts anything else with it. She comes out of the, on the short end of these striking exchanges. Durandamy wins. Cool. See you in 2020, Durandamy. It's probably when you're fighting next. Number 12, Cowboy Cerrone. Tap, tap, tap a ruse, Mike Perry. Now, this, this had some Jackson Winkle John Heat behind it, although Perry said it didn't. It definitely did. My question was, will Cerrone pull the trigger? I thought that's what a lot of this came down to. And Cowboy was plodding. When I see this, I don't want to watch him at 155, which is where he claims he's going to go. Somebody points out there's a cat in my office. Yeah, my door is open tonight. That's Melvin the cat. Anyway, Cowboy Cerrone. Taps out Mike Perry. Round one, arm bar. Perry's able to get inside on a body lock and drag Cerrone down, but Cerrone sweeps him and takes side control. There's a brief exchange, and Cerrone applies a triangle and switches to an arm bar. Perry slams him and then slams himself deeper into it. That's a wrap. I can't believe Perry was the favorite in this fight. Cannot believe it. I'm not sure what Mike Perry has shown that indicated to a lot of people that he could beat Donald Cerrone, even Donald Cerrone at this stage of his career. Donald Cerrone, especially, is an excellent grappler. So underrated, even when he's facing really, uh, really smart grapplers, as David Bixon's man pointed out. And the thing is, even though Donald Cerrone had lost... Uh, had lost some of his recent fights. I mean, my God, Mike Perry hasn't had a great go of it either. <laughs> they just fight so much that you often forget. Like both of these had, I mean, Cerrone lost all of his fights last year, but beat Yancey Medeiros early this year. And he's right back on track. He's won two out of three. He brought his kid in the cage. Uh, a really small baby. God, I didn't even realize the baby was that young for the love of God. His belt buckle looked like a championship belt. But and then Donald Cerrone professed his desire to go back to 155. I don't know, man. I don't like that. If he fights McGregor, cool. That makes a lot of sense. You can do that fight. Cerrone's a name. It's a good opponent for McGregor. McGregor will beat him also. So you have that. Mike Perry, give him somebody out of the top 15. Don't give him Felder. I mean, he beat Felder, but Felder's a lightweight. He got beat by Max Griffin. He got beat by Pod Zanibio. Give him somebody outside the top 15 that you know will have a, have a slapper of a fight. 
that's the way to go. People are going to like <laughs> Perry getting beat. Then the main event. This was an outstanding main event. Yair Rodriguez taking on Korean Zombie, Chan Sung Jung. Now, uh, Korean Zombie is ranked number 10, and I didn't think he should have been ranked that high even. Yair at number 15. That Those are going to change heavily. By the way, I posted a free edition of my UFC rankings update. They usually go on FightfulSelect.com, but I posted it on the MMA and Boxing channel. Subscribe. Link in the description below. This fight was badass. Like it's, it's tough to break down a fight like this because it was a lot of wild exchanges and really slick counters and slick counter uh, attempts by Yair Rodriguez. Both these guys had long layoffs. Zombie, I hope to see him in the cage a lot sooner, but when you see fights like this, you kind of understand why he needs to take time off. Yair was catching Zombie coming inside very often and early with leg kicks. Zombie able to score some nice counter hooks and was and uh, particularly effective with un, uh, uppercuts in the clinch early on. Uh, the grappling changes were superb. Yair rolling through into a knee bar position uh, to end their first the first round. Just so evenly matched. Nothing is off the table when Yair Rodriguez is pressured. He, he often lands like a spinning back elbow as a counter, or he'll throw a cartwheel kick, or he'll duck under and throw something wild. Like He's got tools in the tool shed that do not belong to other people. Nobody else has some of these offensive tools. These exchanges were just a blast to watch, and nobody was out of their depth. Although I thought Korean Zombie was leading uh, three rounds to one going into the, the last round. Uh, Felder, in the fifth round, breaks the unwritten rule of asking, what happened? And he does that a lot. But this one was warranted they stopped fighting like four or five different times in this fifth round it was real weird man so weird they also went for a flying knee at the same time but you know i'll have to wait and see some of the post-fight stuff to see why it is why in the hell they stopped fighting several times strange just straight up strange, man. Can't make sense of it. I can make sense of what happened in the final seconds of the uh, of the fight. They go in there, they chuck and duck after they've, they've shaken hands and did the kid and play dance, essentially. Yair ducks down, and Paul Felder initially thought it was a headbutt, and I understand, and he was beating himself up for thinking it was a headbutt. But what Yair Rodriguez did was duck under and throw a back elbow behind his own head, and it knocked out Yair Rodriguez. Now, I had somebody in the live chat, Justin H., saying, Korean Zombie just needed to walk away. Well, that's, that's easier said to done than done against Yair Rodriguez. Also, think about the sport they're in. This is MMA judging. Korean Zombie. Think about the fights he's been in. Think about the fights that Korean Zombie has had, including some of his most famous fights. Leonard Garcia? Uh, That should have been, arguably, 30-27 Korean Zombie over Leonard Garcia. 97% of fans had that fight scored for Korean Zombie. Leonard Garcia won that fight. 
how can you how can you say that the Korean zombie could have just walked away? You can never, not after that fight, not after WEC 48. You can't say that, man. It's hard. And that was an all-time classic fight. And Korean zombie won that. I didn't even think it was close. Was it a good fight? Yes. But I mean, man, most most had that 30-27. So just because Korean Zombie was up on the scorecards, hard hard to do that, man. Hard to do that, man. I'm going to show you. Hopefully, I don't get pulled. Hopefully, I don't get yanked for this. But let's let's pull up this this KO. Who boy? I'm probably going to get demonetized, but but who cares, man? Look at this bad boy. Back elbow. Wank. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Worth the demonetization, in my humble opinion. Had to show you all that. Maybe the greatest UFC knockout ever. I heard a lot of people say that. It certainly was in the, in the last few seconds of the fight. Un- undoubtedly. I, I would, or indubitably, whatever. And, uh, well, you look at the scorecards. I, I do see the scorecards. Korean Zombie was up three rounds to one on uh, two scorecards. And it was tied up on another. So, yeah. Korean Zombie would have won, but the thing is, he didn't know that. There's not open scoring. And I don't know if there should be. Man, like I, Kaposa, uh, who is at Grabaka hit, underscore Hitman on Twitter, said, This sport is too deranged for its own good. And from being thrilled for Korean Zombie coming off a devastating injury and putting on a fight of the year contender to staring slack jawed at the TV as he slumped to the canvas. It's like finding your long lost dog and watching it get ran over by a bus. That was a special knockout. That was a special knockout, man. Yaya Rodriguez, as I said, nothing is off the table with this man. Nothing. Of course, we will have Showdown Joe and James Lunch breaking this down Tuesday along with me for the Fightful MMA podcast. Please subscribe to our MMA channel. Link is in the description below. We had bare knuckle boxing coverage last night, guys. Chris Lieben put an ass whipping. On Phil Baroni. Baroni shot for takedowns. Baroni the jabroni was on there talking about how many fights he passed up. He literally took a fight earlier this year against a guy with a losing record. Yeesh. Johnny Hendricks got crumpled too. Overall, main and co-main of this show delivered as expected. It was it was a good. Good main and co-main, but man, you see this, you see this this show, and you're like, man. As much as as I advocate the flyweights, there is no need for a flyweight division without Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. If that means fewer fights, then I am more inclined. I'm inclined to agree with that move, guys. Until next time. Leave us a thumbs up, subscribe, we're out.